Lord tonight. Let's begin reading in verse number 1 again. And uh, we're going to try to uh, pick up where we left off this morning and see how the Lord helps us. The Bible said in Isaiah 24, verse 1, Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, and as with the servant, so with his master, and with the maid, so with her mistress, and as with the buyer, so with the seller, and as with the lender, so with the borrower, and as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. The land shall utterly be emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away, the world languisheth and fadeth away, and the holy people of the earth do languish. The earth is also defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinances, and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. The new wine mourneth, the vine languisheth, and all the merry-hearted do sigh. The mirth of the tabret ceaseth, and the noise of them that rejoiceth endeth, and the joy of the harp ceaseth. I can't say that word, neither can you, all right? They shall not drink wine with, with a song. Strong drink shall be bitter to them that drink it. The city of confusion, and no, that's not Salisbury. The city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up that no man may come in. There is a crying for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth is gone. Uh, the mirth of the land is gone. In the city is left desolation, and the gate is smitten with destruction. Now, as we said this morning, within the context of Isaiah's prophecy here, he is writing about uh, the tribulation period that would come upon the earth. It is called the time of Jacob's trouble in the book of Jeremiah. We said this morning that Isaiah wrote this prophecy somewhere around 2,723 years ago from today. There are those that would mock and criticize and say, well, this has not happened and, and Isaiah's prophecy wasn't true. But I want to remind you that Isaiah prophesied uh, that the Lord would be born of a virgin and he was. And he prophesied that he would die on, uh, for our sins and rise again, and he did. And I'll say this, if he prophesied that the Lord is going to come again, I believe that's going to happen as well. And I want to run through this again just because repetition is the best teacher. A lot of people get this mixed up. But a timeline of events, what is next on God's calendar? It is the rapture of the church. It is 1 Thessalonians 4, when the Lord descends from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's a lot of controversy. What does that mean? The dead in Christ shall rise first. We understand that our loved ones who've already died in the Lord, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, their soul is in heaven, but they do not have a spiritual body. Uh, but the Lord's going to give them a glorified body at the resurrection. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in the moment, in the twinkle of an eye, at the last trump. We're all going to be changed. This robe of flesh I'll drop and rise uh, to seize the everlasting prize and shout while passing through the air, farewell, farewell is what the songwriter said. And so that is the next event. After the rapture of the church, immediately after the rapture is when the tribulation period will begin. There's a lot of 
people that ask questions. And prophecy is a very uh, fluid subject because uh, there are some things that uh, the Lord knows what He's talking about. Uh, but because of our limited uh, resources in ourselves and of our mind, uh, we have to try to piece some things together. God knows how it's going to go. Amen. And somebody said, well, will the tribulate, will the Antichrist show up immediately after the rapture? I don't know. I, I, I do know that it's going to be seven years. Somebody said, well, it's going to be three and a half years of good and then three and a half years of bad. Uh, that is not the case. The three and a half years of good that has been affirmed to that is when the Antichrist, and I'll say more about it in a moment, but the Antichrist is going to make a peace treaty. He's going to bring peace to the Middle East. He's going to have all the answers to all the socialistic problems uh, in the world. And it seems like everything is good, but in reality things are not good because the world will be deceived. After the tribulation period, we'll get about that in a minute. After the tribulation period, the tribulation period will end with the revelation of Jesus Christ in Revelation 19. Uh, the heavens are open. He'll come out riding on the white horse and he'll make war with the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist, and the arm, and the enemies of Israel. And then that'll kick off the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. This morning we dealt with, I, I said I want to deal with the conditions of the world. The conditions of the world prior to the tribulation period. What is the world like right now? We had all agreed this morning or this evening from what we said this morning uh, that our world is in a mess. Wickedness all around. But thank God the rapture is going to take place and get us out of here. Here's some great Old Testament pictures of the rapture. Somebody said, well, thank God there's a picture of the rapture and the fact uh, that Noah was on the ark before the first raindrop fell. I got one better than that for you. Noah pictures the Jews going through the tribulation period and Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. And before his death he had this testimony that he pleased God. The Hebrew writer said he was translated, which means that take from one place to an, uh, another. Amen. Don't, don't say Noah's a picture of the church. Enoch's a picture of the church. He was gone before there was ever an ark. He was gone before uh, there was ever any of that demonic stuff going on when the sons of God do the daughters of men and they had the giants. He was gone before all that took place. He was gone before they started mixing uh, the lines together. He was already in the presence of the Lord and thank God you and I before the first shot uh, has ever fire in the tribulation period will already be gone, thank God. The rapture will be just like Enoch walking with God. Enoch took this step on this side and he took the next step on the other side in paradise with the Lord. Amen. And that's the way it's going to be for us. Uh, one day we'll take our last step down here and we'll take our next step on a street of gold on the other side. Thank God the victory will be won. Even old Lot who was backslidden away from God before the judgment of God fell on Solomon and Gomorrah uh, God sent those two angels in there uh, to get Lot and his family out. Why? Because Lot was a just man. I understand the type falls off with his wife looking back. I get that. Uh, but Lot made it out before the judgment fell. I'm, I'm not going through one second of the tribulation period. I never. There's some guys that believe that. They say, well, uh, I'm a mid-tribber and I think we're going to hang out uh, for the first three and a half years. Well, if you believe that, go ahead and pack your bags for all seven years. I'm leaving out of Revelation 4 one when John said he heard a voice in heaven that said come up hither thank God we're going to be leaving out of here amen what kind of a groom would let his bride get beat half to death before the wedding probably one from Alabama amen but that is that is the conditions prior that joke took a little while to develop didn't it that that is the conditions prior to the tribulation period that was review number two 
I said to emphasize my points. I've got two more points tonight, all right? So that was review of point number one. We're going to preach point number two. Then I'll preach point number three. I'll let you know when we get to point number three. Grace said, you got to emphasize it so they know when to go cut the cakes, all right? I will let you know because we don't want any delay on the food. Can I get an amen on that? The conditions of the world prior to the tribulation period. But now the conditions of the world prophesied during the tribulation period. What Back in our text in Isaiah 24, we're preaching on when God turns the world upside down. What is the world going to be like during the tribulation period? Now, number one, let me say this. I ain't worried about it. I ain't going to be here. But some of you may not be saved, and you might want to know what kind of living conditions you're going to have. And it might want to encourage you, if you're not saved, to get saved so you won't have to live through this. What kind of days, what kind of seven years of tribulation, what will these days be like? There's going to be days of deception. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 that that wicked, that man of sin is going to be revealed. And that we know that to be the Antichrist. It's, do you, somebody said, Preacher, do you believe the Antichrist is alive now? Yes, I do. And personally, I believe there has been a candidate for the Antichrist in every generation of because uh, Jesus, when He was on the earth, said that no man knoweth the day or the time of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, I believe Jesus knows now. He said no man knew then. Not even the Son of Man, but He's the Son of God now. In His glory, He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. I believe He knows now. I, I, I know it makes good preaching. You know, Daddy, can I go get Him now? Daddy, can... It makes good preaching. The Bible just don't back it up. He knows now. But the devil don't know. So I believe the devil's had to have a candidate ready to be the Antichrist and step onto the scene in every generation. Adolf Hitler could have been a candidate for that. Joseph Stalin could have been a candidate for that. Hillary Clinton could be a candidate. I'm just uh, moving on. Somebody say, you think Joe Biden is the Antichrist? Lord, help. You th- I think the Antichrist could walk across the stage without tripping over a sandbag. Wouldn't that be intimidating? Okay. All right, here's what, the, the prophet Isaiah did say when we see him, we're going to say, this is the man? <laughs> so it could be. I don't know. Amen. I heard a guy preach last year. He pretty much said that he thought that Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, was the Antichrist. I'm like, who cares? He'd be your mother-in-law for all I care. I don't know who it is. But here's the point. When he shows up, he's going to deceive a lot of people. I don't know what he's going to tell them. Somebody said, well, preacher, in 2 Thessalonians 2, it says that the Lord can't come to the Antichrist is revealed. That's talking about Revelation 19 coming, amen. We're not going to know who the Antichrist is. We're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Antichrist will rise. And I know some of y'all have heard this before, but we need to, we need to stick to this. You know, a lot of churches don't preach on this. I don't know why, because it's good Bible. Amen. It's good truth. It'll help us. The Antichrist, when he shows up, he's going to have the answers for all the world issues. The man of sin, the Antichrist, will be used to bring a false peace into the world. And everyone will love and admire the beast. The book of Revelation, I've got verses for all this, but I ain't going to take time to read them all. I'm just giving you a, an overview of the Antichrist. The Bible says he'll receive a deadly wound to the head. Most people believe that he'll be assassinated, and then he'll rise, and that devil will enter that body of that man, just as Judas Iscariot oh, was possessed by the devil. This man's body will be possessed by the devil. Now, y'all want to get off of some deep waters for a minute and have a little fun? There's always been an argument. Is Judas Iscariot the Antichrist? I do not believe that Judas Iscariot is the Antichrist. But it could be his body. 
You realize the devil does not have a body? Why do you think he was fighting with Michael the archangel in the book of Jude disputing over the body of Moses? He don't have a body. He wanted to get that body so he could, he could infill Moses' body. And you talking about being able to see the children of Israel in the body of Moses? So the devil don't have a body. It could be uh, that he uses the body of Judas Iscariot. I heard one... Now this is way out there. Y'all want to get out there for a second? Let's get out there for a second. I heard one fellow said he thought it would be the body of John F. Kennedy because he had a wound to the head. Ooh, that would be cool, wouldn't it? I mean, not cool, but, you know, it's interesting. I don't know who it is, and it don't matter who it is. But we do know the beast. We, we're, we're being tongue-in-cheek when we say that. So we know the beast, you know, the Antichrist, who have a daily wound to the head. It will have to be someone that everybody will accept and love and admire. The Bible says that in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 that he opposeth himself against all that is godly. He exalted himself. He is full of pride just like Satan was oh, when he was kicked out of heaven. O oh, thou, O oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou fallen and cut down to the ground because he said, I will ascend above the Most High. You know what the devil wants? He wants worship. That's what he wants. That's what he's going to get in the tribulation period. The Bible said they wandered after the beast. The book of Daniel says that this man of sin, he shall not regard the God of his fathers. Most people believe that means he's going to have a Jewish descent. Nor the desire of women. Some even believe that the Antichrist could be a sodomite. Wouldn't be hard to believe in this day, would it? Some people would say, I, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying some people take that phrase when he said he shall not regard women. And they say that could mean he's a sodomite. We don't know that for sure. But it wouldn't be a surprise. And you look at all the people that are having the gay pride. Even Cracker Barrel's given it now. First liquor and now gay pride. I mean, it, it's you can't watch a ball game without him flashing anymore. He, he'll be worshipped in Revelation 13, 4, and they worship the dragon which gave power to the beast, and they worship the beast saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? The devil's going to finally get what he wants. He'll be persuasive. He'll make, that, he'll make that treaty to bring peace to the world. But during the three and a half years into that treaty, he's going to break that covenant. He's going to go into the temple of God, and he's going to sit on the throne of David, and he's going to say that he is God. You ever heard of the abomination of desolations? You've heard that term? That is what that is. When the Antichrist sits on the throne of the temple of God and claims himself to be God. And the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 that God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. He said, With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. In other words, these people that were on the earth that did not receive the gospel, they rejected the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Because they rejected the truth, God's going to make them believe a lie. Well, preacher, I tell you, if I'm not saved, I'm going to remember this sermon, I'm going to remember everything you said, and I won't be deceived by the Antichrist, not according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You'll believe it just like the rest of the world. His powers, He'll work signs and wonders, Revelation 13, verses 13 and 14. He's going to wonder, they're going to wonder after the beast, but soon that, um, that amusement's going to turn to abuse because he's going to have power, and he's going to have his mark, that mark which is a six hundred three score and six, meaning that no man may buy or sell unless he has the mark, the name or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. We know that to be six six six. 
Some people wonder, will the mark of the beast be a chip? Will it be, what will it be? I don't know. Some people even said a tattoo, 666 across the hand or across the forehead. I don't know. I know I ain't getting it, thank God, because I ain't going to be here. But he's going to have that mark. You won't be able to buy anything. I'm talking to lost people now. If you don't get saved and the Lord comes back, you won't be able to buy or sell without having that mark. Days of, days of deception. It'll be days of division. The Bible says you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. And Revelation 6 talks about that red horse rider. He's going to come making war. Did you know that red is the color of communism? Representing China, North Korea, Russia. The three big boys you're hearing about right now. They're going to rise up. That million man army is going to cross that Euphrates River. It's going to dry up. And they're going to war and make war with the Lamb in Revelation 19. It's all setting up. It's all setting up. I'm going to tell you tonight, preacher, why? I know some guys say, why would you preach on prophecy? I mean, if you say, why would you deal with that? I'm not a good prophecy preacher tonight. I'm just a Bible preacher. Uh, but I will say this. One thing good about studying prophecy, it lets you know this Bible is true. God is lining everything up in this. Be days of destitution. Matthew 24, 7 says there shall be famines. Revelation chapter 6, there's going to be a black horse rider. He has a pair of balances in his hand. A measure of wheat for a penny. Three measures of barley for a penny. Three loaves of barley is approximately one pint of food. Barely enough food to survive. In other words, a full day's wages during the tribulation period will result in earning just enough money to purchase one ration meal for one person. That doesn't include your wife. It doesn't include your children. It doesn't include anybody else. Just one meal. Millions will be unemployed. Personal fortunes will be destroyed. As a result, consumer spending will, will go out, uh, will contract, creating a tentious situation threatening the complete global economic meltdown. Days of disease. Matthew 24, 7 says there will be pestilence in the land. The word pestilence means a fatal epidemic disease. Days of disaster, Matthew 24, 7, and earthquakes in diverse places. In our text, verse number 3, the land shall utterly be emptied. The word empty there means to waste. It means devastation and utterly spoiled. That means robbed, for the Lord has spoken this word. All these fields that have all this food, all these trees, it's going to be desolate. It's going to be days of defilement. Look at verse number 5 of our text. The earth is also defiled and the inhabitants thereof. Because they, you see that? They, the inhabitants, have transgressed the laws, changed ordinance, and broken the everlasting covenant. It's going to be man's fault. Days of defilement. Sin will be at all-time high. Days of discipline. You know what the point and the purpose of the tribulation period is? It's the judgment of God. It's the judgment of God on the earth. I'm going to tell you how bad the tribulation period is. You go to Revelation chapter number 9. I ain't got time to preach all the verses. You read about those seals, read about those vials, and you read about those trumpets. Uh, it would be seals, trumpets, and vials in that order. You read about those, which I believe are three, three views consecutively, three different angles of the tribulation period. The seals, the vials, uh, the seals, the trumpets, and the vials. I always get those three mixed up. You look at all those judgments. I'm talking about, let me just run through some of them. There's going to be hell and fire in, on the first trumpet. One-third of the trees and grass will perish. There's going to be a burning mountain cast into the sea, and the sea will become blood. The Bible says a great star fell from heaven like a burning lamp, and it poisoned a third part of the waters. A third part of the sun will be smitten. The stars from heaven will fall. When the sixth trumpet sounds, one of God's uh, angels will open up the prison house for demons, and four angels will be loosed out of the river Euphrates. That river Euphrates over there in the Middle East, there are four angels in the bottom of that sea that are chained. 
reserved to everlasting judgment. During the tribulation period, God's going to unchain those angels, those devils, if you would, and they will slay a third of the men on the earth. A 200 million man army of horsemen summoned by these four angels and by these will kill a third of the men on the earth. In 2013, the world's population was around 7 billion. So a third of that number is 2,375,000,000. Now during the right math, during the, during the black horse rider, or the pale horse rider, the, the horse rider of death, in, in the fourth seal, a fourth of the earth will die. And then a third of the earth will be killed, resulting in somewhere around 3,066,000,000 people that will die. Now that number is going to be a little less because the church will be raptured out. That's still a lot of people that'll die. Will you be one of them? Because you're not saved? Preacher, I think that's just, that, all that stuff makes for a good movie and that makes for a lot. I'm telling you tonight, I, I, I believe, I'm not up here collecting a check or entertaining you tonight. This is the truth. This is just as real as Salisbury, North Carolina is, just as real as this building is, just as real as you are. These things are will happen. The seven... In fact, here's what the Bible said in our text. Isaiah references... Look at Isaiah 24, verse 6. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth. That curse in Genesis 3. And they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned... Watch this phrase. And few men left. So I said, Preacher, you're talking about three billion possibly people dying under the judgment of God. Yes. That's not counting, Brother Charles, the people that will starve to death because they won't take the mark of the beast. There will be Jews. There will be people that will refuse that mark in the tribulation period. But they have to endure to the end. And then they have to believe in the Lord Jesus during that millennial reign in order to be saved. Or they'll still die and go to hell and go to the lake of fire. It's never been works in any dispensation whatsoever. Not in, the, not in the first dispensation, not in the last dispensation. Nobody gets saved. In that verse in Matthew 24 where it says, He that endures the end shall be saved. That's talking about a physical salvation. It's talking about surviving the tribulation period. I don't care how fit you are, that's going to be a tough challenge. I get saved. And by the way, you're here tonight. You've heard the preaching this morning and tonight. You're not going to be one of the ones that endures in the end. Jeremy, you'll probably be one of the three billion that will die. And be in hell. And in the lake of fire. I'll tell you what else will be going on during the tribulation period. There will be declaration going on. You know what Jesus said in Matthew 24 verse 14? And this gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? It's what John preached. Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. This refers to the 144,000 Jewish evangelists, not Jehovah Witnesses. The 144,000 Jewish evangelists that will preach during the tribulation period. And according to Revelation 7, 9, they're going to see a worldwide harvest, but the Antichrist and the beast will martyr them. Those are the souls crying under the altar in Revelation chapter number 6. They'll be, they'll be martyred because they refuse to worship the Antichrist and they believe the message of the 144,000. The conditions of the world prior to the tribulation period. The conditions of the world prophesied during the tribulation period. And last of all tonight, the conditions of the world produced by the tribulation period. What will the world be like during the seventh year? I'm up here. Y'all have seen people walk out of a building before. They're going to cut cakes. Y'all stay with me, okay? What will the world be like after seven years? I, I, I've, I've skipped so much stuff tonight. 
Revelation 9 talks about that beast opening up that bottomless pit. And it ain't Apache helicopters flying out of there. I don't know where preachers ever got that. But it's locusts flying out with the tail of a scorpion. Demonic creatures coming out of the bottomless pit. I literally believe that. Well, preacher, I don't know about that. You believe that Balaam's donkey talk? Why do you have trouble believing that? You believe there's a devil, right? There's some demonic creatures that will come out and they'll torment men. I'm telling you how bad it's going to be during the tribulation period. The Bible said men will seek death and death will flee from them at a time. They'll want to die, but they can't die. Because death is not in their hands. It's in the hand of the Antichrist and the hand of God during those days. What will the world be like? Well, in our text, we read it tonight, the world's going to be full of desolation. Isaiah 24 says the earth, Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste, turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. It's going to get so bad, the book of Revelation talks about men that will be hiding up in the caves, hiding, trying to survive, fleeing the wrath of the Lamb. Verse number 10 of our text, the city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up so that no man may come in. The, there is a crying for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. It'll be a time of despair. These verses we've read tonight talks about no singing, no wine, no excitement, no joy. Why? Everybody says, well, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to party. I'm going to have a good time. According to Revelation 24, people won't be able to get drunk because wine will be gone. The joy of wine, the drunkenness will be gone. It's part of God's judgment. Is that not what it says tonight, church? Desolation. Matthew 24, 29, it'll be darkness. The Bible says immediately after the tribulation of those days, think about this, the sun will be darkened. The moon shall not give her light. Apparently the moon has light. And the stars shall fall from heaven. And the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. You think, you think an eclipse is bad? You're talking about an eclipse that don't go away. Ain't it amazing how Hollywood gets a lot of their apocalyptic stuff from the Bible? Come on, we've all seen the movies. We've all seen the shows. The dark clouds, the wild beasts, all that stuff. And they say, boy, ain't that funny? Ain't that a joke? Ain't that good fictional uh, material there? But I'm telling you, it's not fake. It's real. It's going to be judgment. But I love this. It'll be, it'll, it'll be days of desolation, despair, and darkness. And it'll be days of demonic rule. The devil will have control. But this little series, I didn't give you the series title this morning, but this little series has a title. Because in, Revela- in Isaiah 24, 25, and 26, there is a word that keeps coming up that describes the millennial reign, which is what I'm trying to get to in the coming weeks. But you won't appreciate the millennial reign unless you see how bad the tribulation period is. Over and over again, you'll find this phrase, in that day, and in that day, and in that day. My series title is, What a Day That Will Be. Because the, Peter said this, that a day with the Lord is just a thousand years. And a thousand years is just one day. The millennial reign is 1,000 years. What a day that's going to be. And we can't appreciate that day until we see how bad it's going to be on this earth. 
We see all the ruin, all the rampage, all the wickedness. But watch verse number 13 of our text. When, it, when thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be a shaking as an olive tree, and as the gleaning of grapes when the vintage is done. He said it's going to be harvest time, and they shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry aloud from the sea. Wherefore, glorify ye the Lord in the fires, even the name of the Lord our God and of Israel in the isles of the sea. From the uttermost part of the earth have we heard songs, even the glory of righteousness. But I said, My leanness, my leanness, woe unto me. The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Yea, the treacherous, treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. Fear and the pit and the snare are upon thee, O inhabitant of the earth. And it shall come to pass that he that fleeth from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit, and cometh out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in snare. For the windows are on high open, and the foundation of the earth do shake. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean, dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage. And the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the hosts of the high ones that are on high, and the kings of the earth upon the earth, and they shall gathered, shall be gathered together as prisoners and gathered in the pit and shall be shut up in the prison. After many days they shall be visited. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun shall be ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before His ancients gloriously. So I said, Preacher, what is those verses talking about? It's talking about Revelation 19. Oh, when the world is at its worst and sin is at its worst and all hell is breaking out on earth. Amen. The eastern sky is going to open up and the Lord's going to show up riding a white horse and His bride's going to be with Him. The armies in heaven that are clothed in white clothed in linen will be on those white horses with Him and He's going to come down and He's going to make war with the Antichrist and with the beast and the false prophet. You know what's going to happen? The earth's going to sing again. They're going to rejoice again. Why? Because the King is coming. The King is coming. Thank God He's going to show up in that day. And what a day that's going to be. Thank God I'm glad I'll be in that number. I'm glad I'm not going through the tribulation period. I won't suffer any of that. But thank God I'll be there that day. Amen. When God's people are shouting on the other side and the devil and the beast and the false prophet are cast to the bottomless pit for a thousand years, then he'll step off that white horse. He'll put his foot on the Mount of Olives. He'll walk down to that eastern gate that's been closed by the Muslims and that gate will swing open wide. Oh, why? Because they recognize oh, that the king is here and he'll walk up to the throne of his father David and he'll sit down and for the first time ever this earth will finally run like God meant it to be. The curse will be lifted. Amen. Oh, the lion will lay down with the lamb. All sin will be gone. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears will dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day! A glorious day that's going to be. There'll be no sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more heartaches. No more pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the One who died for me. What a day! What a day that's going to be. It is the day of the Lord. 
And you read Isaiah, I encourage this week, read Isaiah 24, 25, and 26, and watch that little word day. And in that day, and in that day, it's going to be a long day, but it's going to be a good day. And I've got to stop preaching because the food's ready, and i got a whole lot more, but I want to come back and preach it some more next week. But what a day that's going to be. Here's my question tonight. Will you be there that day? Are you ready to meet God? My purpose for preaching all this stuff is not to scare anybody. I, I, I'm not scared. To, I don't have time. Some of these preachers want to try to scare people and try to trick people, manipulate people. I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't a con artist. Amen. I don't have no cards up my sleeves. I don't have nothing trying to trick anybody. I ain't trying to trick somebody. I don't like them tracks that look like money, trying to deceive people. I don't like that kind of stuff. I leave the gospel I'll be forefront. Y'all just tell people, hey, we're here representing Jesus Christ and the gospel. I think that's what it ought to be. I've, I know guys that'll you know, get a grim reaper walking through the service with a sickle and trying to scare them. That, that's so foolish. That's so foolish. If the fact that judgment's coming does not stir your heart, nothing will. You know, a lot of those people, they just respond emotionally. And they don't respond with their heart in true faith and repentance. You ready to meet God tonight? I'm glad I won't be there for one second of what I preach tonight until the Lord comes back. And thank God I'll be in that number. I'll be raptured out. Or I may go by the grave. But are you ready to meet the Lord tonight? Let's stand. I appreciate your attention. When God turns the world upside down, Now, some of you tonight, I, I don't know, you might have just been entertained, and that's fine. You might enjoy the Bible study tonight.